Hi, my name is Sherry Doherty, and I'm a 54-year-old lady in red, in act two of my career and living my best life. My perspective on life and behaviors have been governed by who I was as a child, who I became, and who I am still striving to be. People my age are beautiful, bold, confident, and full of wisdom. And truly, the encore of the story of your life is still when the best songs are yet to be sung. My mission in this podcast is to shine the spotlight on people like me, have real conversations about reinvention stories, and inspire you to continue to follow your dreams regardless of your age. I'm doing it for Daisy. Who are you doing it for? Welcome to today's episode of the Encore Podcast. Today, I am delighted to have with me my friend, Cheryl Shirtliff, who is the owner and hypnotherapist at Wellness 360. Cheryl is 57 years old and has a lot of life and a lot of story, like all of the people that I profile on this podcast, and I'm excited to jump right into it with her. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to hear your story and share it with our listeners. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I too am excited about sharing my story with your listeners. That's great. Then we'll just jump right in. Absolutely. The format typically is the same. So I know you know the kind of questions I'm going to ask you and what I'm going to ask you to share. So who was Cheryl and what did your life look like before 50? And tell us a little bit about what you did, what your passions were, any highs or lows that you're willing to share. And just tell us a little bit about who you were, let's call it around before the midpoint, so before 50. Okay. Well, I would say to start off way back when, growing up, I grew up in a very chaotic household. And I'm the oldest of four. So from there, I learned to take care of others to the nth degree and that has served me well as a wife and mom to a degree (laughs) as well as in my work life. So from my childhood moving on into my 20s I was a legal secretary for the first 10 years from 20 to 30 And after that, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while and discovered that I don't make a good stay-at-home mom. Nor did I. (laughs) (laughs) No, as much as I love my children um, and I do like other people's children, it just simply wasn't enough for me. I need to be around adults. Uh, So from there, I decided after doing some of my own work and doing a lot of healing work because I grew up in, uh, as I said, a chaotic home. It was alcoholic, uh, very codependent mom. And so I did a lot of work. I did a lot of uh, therapy through my 20s and decided that I was due for a career change. So at 32, I I went back to college and became a counselor. And my ideal job I thought my dream job was to become a mental health and addictions counselor. Wow. And eventually I did. I took a little bit of a a curve um, doing those things that I said for the two years I was in college I didn't want to do. But however, OSAP payments were coming up due. So I took that job that eventually I did enjoy it. But working with children with pretty severe mental health issues. Wow. 
So from there, I worked in the mental health and addictions field uh, for 12 years. And by the time that I decided to leave at the end of 2012, um, I was so burnt out that I literally had nothing left to give to anyone, much less myself. Right. From there, I spent, I have spent several years, more than several years. It's taken me, I don't even know. <laughs> From the time that I left there in 2012, uh, I have done, again, lots more therapy. I've done some life coaching. Um, I went to see a hypnotist, a naturopath, trying to heal that burnout. Yeah, it sounds like you spent a lot of time, like you said, from learning from your childhood, nurturing other people yes. and caring for other people. Yes. But it sounds like perhaps from what I'm hearing, you weren't caring as much for yourself. Absolutely. I was always at the bottom of the list. Right. Which a lot of women are guilty of. Absolutely. And I think in part, Sherry, that's what our 50s are about. Well, yeah, because now it's my time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so... Oh my gosh. Was there a specific moment when you realized something had to change? Yes. Okay, so yes. I like to call that like the moment of truth or the pivot or the bounce right. or something that made you really stop for a moment and evaluate where you'd been, what you had been doing, and what the future needed to look like for you to serve yourself better. Absolutely. I remember the moment. I was 47. Okay. And that was the year, that was 2012. And that year was a particularly difficult year. Uh, earlier that year, my husband had been diagnosed with testicular cancer. Oh, my. So that was really, really scary. Yeah. At that point, um, my sons were grown and moved out. We were empty nesters. And, you know, by all intents purposes, it should have been... Um, you know, a wonderful time in our lives, right. so much freedom and whatnot. And that happened. And I was still at the job and the belief system that I was holding was I couldn't leave because I was the one who had the benefits and whatnot because my husband owns his own business right. as well. And all I could think of was, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if he passes, what's going to happen if he needs all kinds of really expensive drugs and whatnot. And we, I, if I leave, then I'm not going to have the money. And it literally was a whirlwind and I didn't know exactly what to do. So by the end of that year, um, he was, he was completely, uh, cleared of all cancer and, wow. and whatnot. So, um, it was that, that's a time, that's a story for another day, but it was, it was really incredible how well he, uh, came out of that and healed from that. And so it was December of 2012 where I knew in my heart of hearts, especially watching him and what he'd gone through and thinking, oh my gosh, if I was diagnosed with some sort of serious illness, which I do believe looking back now, I was in all likelihood, I was, I was headed for that Okay. with the level of burnout that I was at. Um, but, you know, thinking 
if I was diagnosed with something, would I continue doing what it was that I was doing? And the answer was absolutely not. And I realized at that point, that's where almost everything in my life needed to change. That's great self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, as I say, you know, if the end should come, yes, would this be how you wanted to spend your remaining days? Absolutely not. And it was at that point where I realized that one of my highest values, besides family, because that's, you know, that's the top for me, but it's time freedom. Right. And the work that I was doing, not only was it, you know, basically a nine to five, um, but the amount of energy and time that it was taking up in my mental space. I imagine. Was far too much. Sure. Mm-hmm. So at that point was when I, I, I didn't decide right away what it was that I was going to do. I took some time, as I mentioned earlier, to uh, do some therapy, to do some coaching or get some coaching um, and to try to figure out what it was that I wanted to do next. I still wasn't clear and I was out on a walk one day with a friend who happens to be a therapist and she said to me, Cheryl, you quit smoking a number of years ago using hypnosis. Why don't you just go into something like that? Just go get the training and just help people to stop smoking. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never even thought about that. Right. So I looked into things, found someone that I thought we were a really great match, which it turned out we were. And I took the training and it was 100 hours of training. And then from there I had to hypnotize at least, I think, five people. Okay. Um, So in January of 2014, I started my business. Now, keeping in mind, I definitely was not healed from the burnout. I was still very exhausted. And I spent my first number of months uh, basically going to an office and spending a fair amount of time either reading or sleeping. Okay. But within, I'm going to say, six months or so, that's when I started just slowly putting myself out there and just simply seeing people who wanted to stop smoking. Now, my business has certainly evolved from that, which is interesting because now at 57, I've realized that a lot of the things that I was doing that I swore I'd never do when I left addictions and mental health have slowly crept into my business. Okay. And I'm working on another pivot right now as we speak. That's exciting. So just really cutting back on a number of the areas that I was working in, such as the mental health piece, um, and just really focusing now on helping people to stop smoking, because that's one of those things that no one actually needs to do. Um, And I'm in the midst right now of uh, a new course that I'm really, really excited about. Oh, I can tell you're glowing. (laughs) You have a little twinkle in your eye. It's around a really tough subject that most of us don't want to talk about and we feel a lot of shame and guilt around. And I've discovered that it actually can be really fun. And believe it or not, it's the subject of money. Okay. Interesting. Well, as I've shared, I have lots of baggage as it relates to money health. Mm -hmm. So 
I will be very interested to see what you have up your sleeve. I can relate for sure. And one of the pieces that I'm really help, hoping to help people with in particular, it's couples because a lot of it is around uh, relationship. Right. So your relationship with money and how that plays out into the world. So I'm, I'm, Sherry, I'm really, really excited I about that tell. one. I can tell. You're literally <laughs> giddy, which is beautiful. We're not doing video today, but I hope the listeners can hear it in your voice even. You have a big, beautiful smile on Thank and a you. twinkle in your eye. So clearly this is something you're passionate about, yes. and I will be very excited to watch your journey. Thank you. That's great. I love that. What I'm taking away from what you're sharing with us is essentially underpinning the theme of all this is there's no slowing down. There's no stopping you or us, people of our generation. We have so much energy and so much excitement still within us and wisdom, which only comes with life experiences, even though sometimes those life experiences aren't great. They make us stronger, make us who we are today to be resilient and to continue to tackle new chapters and new projects in our lives. So I love that. I do thank you for sharing the story. I have to 100% agree with that. When I think about some of the things that I've done, uh, especially since turning 50, there are things that I did not have the courage to do right. in my younger years. We were talking before, and I mentioned about at 51, becoming a fitness instructor. Right. I have Tell us never... a bit about that. That's crazy. <laughs> I Such respect. Well, thank you. Uh, a fitness instructor who's never actually taught a class, okay? But at the same time, I've realized it was actually never really about that. Right. So what it was, was a number of years ago, uh, I had been going to a workout class and it's called Pound Fitness. Okay. And it's where you use quarter pound drumsticks and it's a lot of fun. It really is. And the young woman who was teaching it, she was, she was a good teacher who couldn't hold a beat and it just okay. about drove me crazy <laughs> and a lot of the music that she used is the music that we grew up with okay so a lot of the 80s music it was amazing um acdc and whatnot oh, nice. so right <laughs> but when you can't hold a beat right um so anyway i i would come home and i'd say my husband would ask me how was the class and i'd say well it was really good but drives me bananas she can't hold a beat so Eventually, he just said to me, why don't you just go get the training? Right. And teach the class yourself. He's like a wise man. <laughs> He's very, very supportive. Uh, so that's exactly what I did. Good I was you. 51. I found myself in a room filled with, I'm going to say, 20-somethings mm, for sure. I think there was five of us in a class of like 60 who were actually over the age of 35. Okay. I was the second oldest one okay. in the class. And let's just say not easy whatsoever because keeping in mind, that was never an aspiration of mine right. to, to join any kind of fitness field. After several hours, when we had a break, finally, because it was eight solid hours of workout. That's a lot. It was, it was a lot. It was too much, I'm going right. to say. I couldn't do it. I know that. <laughs> uh, at lunchtime, we had about a 40-minute break, I believe. And I messaged one of my young friends who, at the time, she was 
I think she was 30, something like that. And I texted her and I said, I can't do this. I'm ready to vomit. My everything's hurt. There's no way that I can see myself finishing this. And the clean version of what she said to me was, get your behind back in there. Right. You absolutely have what it takes to do this. That's right. And that's what I did. Good for you. And I left with certificate in hand and 15 sets of drumsticks. And they're still at my home. But however, what I realized, because for the longest time, I kind of beat myself up with, oh, I, you know, I couldn't get the choreography down pat. What no one told me was, you don't try to learn eight songs all at the same time of choreography. You literally learn it 90 seconds at a time. Yes. <laughs> Did not know that. However... Uh, you know, I've still got the certificate. I've still got the drumsticks. And at some point, I'm waiting for someone else in our area to get training or get trained for it because I've got 15 sets of drumsticks that I'm willing to uh, hand over to them. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so there was, you know, there was that piece. And even starting, going back to starting a business, I had never had any kind of aspirations of starting a business right. ever. I, from the, from the get-go, was I was going to be that nine-to-five, Monday-to-Friday girl with at least a decent-paying job. Right. And I've discovered now after being out of any kind of job and working in my own business, but certainly away from the nine-to-five for, for coming up to 10 years now, 10 years in December, that... Sherry, I wouldn't make a good employee anymore. Oh, it's a beautiful, freeing thing. It is. I agree with you wholeheartedly. In There's that challenges. For sure. You know, and I've often said that entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. For sure. And at the same time, as you mentioned, women, especially in our 50s, with the energy and the time and the experience and the wisdom that we have... Honestly, and I understand that it's women in our 50s are the ones that literally are leaving their jobs in droves because it just, it doesn't satisfy right. us anymore. It's not anymore. us. You're right. It's not. So as you think about future Cheryl mm -hmm. and who you're continuing to strive to be, I know you know and the listeners know that I have a filter I put my decisions through. Right. So as I'm making future decisions and striving to continue to evolve as, what, as well. Am I making old childhood decisions or middle life decisions, which were good but could be better, or am I making daisy decisions? Right. Who does future Cheryl look like? Does she have a name? And if she doesn't, that's okay, but I wouldn't mind you sharing with us what you envision her to look like. And how do you make decisions to support your future self thanking you for the decisions of today. Right. Uh, future self Cheryl doesn't have a name yet. However, the critical Cheryl in the mind, she definitely has a name. Mm -hmm. And I have to give her jobs to do besides being the critic. I, right. I am thankful for her because she's actually served me in a lot of ways. So her name is Maude. Okay. From the old TV series. Interesting. <laughs> but future Cheryl... 
We're still trying to decide what her name is. Okay. Um, as far as into the future, I have a couple of visions, actually. And I've often said that, it again, it started with uh, the dare to quit smoking. Right. Right, to, to go into a hypnosis session where there was 60 other people. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, I just thought, forgot where I was going with that. Oh, Okay. So in the beginning of, of my journey of quitting smoking, it's been 18 and a half years now. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. should you. be so proud of yourself. Thank you. Um, and that's part of how I can do some of the things that I can do now that right. I couldn't do at 38 because I didn't have the wind power. Um, but anyway, I remember thinking at 38 that at 70, for my birthday... I was going to go out and buy a package of cigarettes and I was just going to puff away. Well, I can honestly tell you that that's not going to happen now. But I see myself at 75 and there's a woman that I follow that I quite aspire to be like. Um, certainly not to the extent that she is because now she's basically a bodybuilder and she's headed for 80. Right. But at 75, I see myself as being strong physically, mentally, emotionally. And I know that in order to get to 75 from 57, I have to, I have to do those things now. Right. So definitely at 75 and making decisions, day-to-day -day decisions based on who do I want to be when I hit that 75th birthday. Right. As well as seeing myself, I don't know why, but however, at 100. Right. Sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, not that I can't get out or anything, because no, I'm still, I'm strong and independent and whatnot. But thinking back over my life, and sometimes I turn to that 100-year-old and ask her, if what I'm about to do, am I going to regret doing it? Or am I going to regret not doing it? That is so beautiful. So earlier this year... A friend of mine and I, we were in on a girl's trip to the Dominican, and she asked me if I would be interested in doing this particular excursion, and she explained to me that part of the excursion would be uh, jumping from a ledge into a pool of water, natural water, not a swimming pool, right? right? Um, so there were water slides as well. So I'm thinking man-made water slides. No, it's rocks right. and running water. <laughs> anyway, when we got, we had to climb up part of a mountain, which I have never done before. And even that I was questioning because, right, having not ever done anything like that before and not being able to at certain points seeming to catch my breath right. because the air was getting thinner and, and whatnot. Anyway made it. And I remember there was about 25 of us, I, I believe. And again, I know I was the oldest one there. And I watched uh, a couple of, of two brothers. Uh, one was 17 and one was 12. And I watched them go first. And I watched the 12-year-old in particular, because I believe he was the first one to jump. And he's just doing the woohoo on the way down. And I stepped up on the platform and I looked down and I thought, 
clean version. Oh, say it if you want to. There is no fucking way that I can jump. Okay. Right? No way. I hate heights. I'm terrified. And that 100-year-old sitting in her rocking chair was like, are you going to regret this? Doing this? Or are you regret going to regret not doing it? And I thought, what would make the better story? Right. So I was number four. Now I've got goosebumps. I'm going to say, please tell me you jump. Please tell me you jump. I was about the fourth or fifth one up on that platform because the first time I stepped up on it, I turned around and backed off. And I went back up again and I thought, if I don't go now, I'm not going to do it. Right. And I jumped. And when I told my husband, I didn't tell my husband actually until I got home from the trip. And he's like, you what? <laughs> he couldn't believe it. Right. And he said, you do realize that you jumped off a platform that is about the height of our two-story home. Right. Down in the water. And yes, I realized that. He, he couldn't believe it at first. But you don't regret it. I don't regret it. Would I ever do it again? Absolutely not. I hated every second of it. And yet when I come back up out of the water, it was like, yes, exactly. I did it. Exhilarating. I did it. it. Yes, it absolutely was. So that's a beautiful illustration of a leap of faith. Absolutely. Which is essentially the message of this whole podcast is to have faith, take bold chances, mm -hmm. live, yes. embrace the splash and the messy and all the things that life brings. Absolutely. And I, I think we can leave it there. That's a beautiful story to Thank leave you. on. I think as people think of this podcast and think of Cheryl, they'll remember that story and think maybe I want to be like Cheryl and do those kinds <laughs> of things. So... As I like to remind you and everyone at the end of each of these podcasts, as you're going through your daily routine and making decisions, ask yourself who you're making them for. And I'm doing it for Daisy. Daisy.